0: Welcome back to Neighboring. Neighboring is a series of interviews where we ask the question and are trying to answer this question. What does it mean to be a good neighbor? We're asking different friends, neighborhood association presidents, business owners, uh, civic leaders, and uh, a wide variety of people that are, that are really trying to live this out. They're, they're doing something uh, very extraordinary in a very ordinary way, uh, but it's getting attention. And uh, we're here today with Jesse Jackson. Jesse is a neighborhood president and uh, of a neighborhood here in Fort Wayne. And uh, your story kind of captured um, You captured me recently when I saw a newspaper article about uh, the way you were interacting and leading your particular neighborhood, and I knew I needed to to meet you and have a conversation because it really started to show me ways that you're neighboring, and I'm curious uh, to learn a little bit more about your story and introduce you to the rest of the community and kind of hear what you have to say. So welcome. Thank you for joining me here on Neighboring.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate being here. Yeah,
0: Jesse, tell us tell us about uh, about yourself. Tell us about your neighborhood,
1: and uh, how long you've lived there, and, and we'll start there. Well, my name is Jesse Jackson, and once again, there's not a whole lot to know about me. You know, I work for the city of Fort Wayne Street Department, um, have a family, uh, been married for the last uh, sixteen years, and. Uh, I moved into the neighborhood about 18 years ago and um couple of, just a couple of years ago I one of my the uh, prior presidents saw something in me that I didn't realize that he saw and I didn't realize that I had in me and uh he thought that I would be good at becoming the new neighborhood association president. So for the last couple of years, I have taken over the reins of being Continental Park neighborhood association president.
0: So you lived in this, this neighborhood. Why did you originally choose to, to move into Continental Park?
1: Well, when I first moved into Continental Park, it was just such a beautiful neighborhood, and the majority of the people there owned their own properties, and they took pride and their properties. And uh, along the way, some of the older people have either passed on or have sold their properties and basically what you call downsize where they didn't have as many responsibilities. Yeah,
0: so almost 20 years ago, you, if I can summarize, like you identified a neighborhood because of its you know, beautification, people caring for the neighborhood. It was, it looked like a a great place to live. And it was a great place to live. Like it was a a place where you kind of chose over time and 15 years, like what you, sounds like you probably were just a really good neighbor and a a good property owner. And uh, what were some of the things that your neighborhood president kind of identified in you as you kind of reflect and talk? Like, what was it about, what were you doing that caught his attention?
1: Basically, I think it's the drive is basically, I think, what he really saw because knowing that I worked second shift and I would be in my yard beautifying my property and taking care of things probably every day. And as he drove by, my street just happened to defrost, just happened to be a street that a lot of the residents travel down. So as they travel down this particular street, I will be beautifying my neighborhood. And I try to, if I'm gonna, you know, I would like to, my house to be the one that, you know, when people come through to see that it is being taken care of, and that is what I done. So just based on him seeing my property and how I took care of it, he felt that I would be good for the position of helping others to beautify Continental Park. When when he asked you to be neighborhood
0: president, did you like say sure right away or was there a bit of a process?
1: No, sir, I did not say yes right away. (laughs) Very hesitant. I wasn't sure if I wanted to take on the responsibility. Basically, I I hate to use this word, but everybody else's problems. Mm. And after I thought about it, I felt that I was no different than some of the other people when you think like that, yeah. because being a good neighbor, somebody else's problem should be my problem. Huh. And that is what I realized. is we all live here together. and it's sort of, so to speak, if I go up, then I should be able to see people around me go up as well. It's not good enough just for me. To rise to the top and my property look good and then everything else around me is falling down being a good neighbor basically you got to care about the well-being of the people next to you and around you that's you know what i feel like the responsibilities are as you know when you talk about being a good neighbor
0: yeah so how long have you been the neighborhood
1: president now just for about two years okay. now
0: what what was that experience like? What did you? What kind of? What was the culture like in your neighborhood when you kind of when you kind of started? What were some of the challenges or the opportunities that you saw right from the beginning?
1: Many challenges, many many challenges. When I first took over, we had challenges from financial. Um, the first meeting I had, I was. Uh, asked the question, what would you like to see some of the things happen here in Continental Park Neighborhood Association? And they said to me, first thing, we want to see the pillars torn down. Well, actually they wanted to see them fixed. Okay. But after calling and making some phone calls, professionals to come out and take a look at it, I was told that they had to come down.
0: And these are pillars that are like uh, neighborhood boundary markers, like on the main streets going in and out? like. Can I identify identifiers
1: yes sir in okay. every entrance we have to identify our neighborhood our association we had pillars with signs in between that said Continental Park and they were dilapidated they were crumbling had been hit a few times by vehicles or whatnot but they've been there probably ever since the housing addition been built so needless to say, it was time for him to come down. However, I wasn't ready to tackle that responsibility. Yeah, so you like these,
0: uh, I,
1: throughout NeighborLink we,
0: we talk about like, what are those things, that, like everyone in every neighborhood, in every context at work or on our pathways, there's these things that we notice. There's these things that we notice that are broken down or out of place or new where it wasn't. Uh, But there are often things that no one has direct responsibility for, like pillars in a neighborhood. You're driving in and out of the neighborhood, and you see these pillars, and they're they're falling down, and we want those fixed. And we kind of say, well, somebody should do something about that. (laughs) You got that put on you, right?
1: Yes, and that is one of the things where, once again, when people ride in into the neighborhoods and people that live in our neighborhood, they see this. And they often wonder because even before I came became president, I didn't know who responsibility it was to do it as well. Yeah. And we often said, boy, that looks bad. I, I so Often wonder, I wonder when they were gonna fix it, but we didn't know who they were until I took over as president and then when they brought this subject up and I said, oh, I'm the one who's, <laughs> who's supposed to take care of this. So that was something that I had to, to have to just uh, get involved with and figure out a way to get it done.
0: And it's a pretty major, I mean, it's a pretty major project. Like, it's not just mowing the grass or something. You gotta, gotta figure these out. I'm sure you got some estimates that were, were kind of expensive. Like, what, what happened when you learned what it was gonna take uh, to fix them? What happened next?
1: Well, when I found out what it took to, what I had to do, first of all, I thought we were just gonna patch some areas in the pillars with little concrete mix, mortar and mm-hmm. whatnot, and everything was going to be okay. But it turned out that was not the case, and they had to come down. And they are more money than we had. We started out with zero dollars. We had no money, but I made the ultimate mistake. I went out on faith and I tore every pillar down with a sledgehammer by myself, so the the pillars were already down now, (laughs) and no money. So now my mind says, okay, you tore these pillars down, now you need money, what are you gonna do? So my initial thought was I was thinking, well, maybe they don't cost that much and I can pay for it out of my pocket, I was gonna pay for it myself. But when I found out that it was much more than I was willing to spend out of my pocket myself, I had to if what I called the thing that I didn't want to do was solicit, reach out to other f- companies and whatnot throughout the city. And um, I reached out to a company. First of all, I reached out to bricklayers yeah. and they gave me their word that they would build it for me. Free of labor, they will train some of their students with would that be like kind of like class. Yeah. And the next thing was, I reached out to Mesa Light. They donated all of the bricks that I needed wow. to have this, the pillars built. So I was moving forward and then I reached out to places like Lowe's because I needed mulching. I reached out to Young's Flower and they donated some flowers. Uh, Mains in New Haven donated some flowers um different places I just reached out and I started to see this thing come together and then I was like oh I can do this well and then the confidence was really there and then after that I said then I start picturing I start making drawings at home of how I wanted the pillars to look so we took I took it back to the to another association meeting and Talked about it some more and uh, it all came together. But you know, the hard thing about it is, with everything that I've done is getting enough participation from the residents mm. to actively get things done. Because basically, I've had to work a little harder than I wanted to because I had to do all this before going into work. I would go out every day before work and work in there on the street corners to try to get the association entrances built up. Yeah, but you got them built, right? Yes, sir. You got them built. What happened? What, what was happening
0: in the neighborhood before that? Like you, you stepped in you talked about there, there seemed to be some skepticism among the neighbors and this disbelief that, that that anything can get done and there's there's a bit of kind of a negative energy or or really just kind of maybe a defeated energy. Uh, is that true? Like, what, talk to us about like what the energy of the neighborhood was and
1: then through this process, like what, what, what was the result of it? Well, like most people, what happened was they watched nothing get done for so long and they felt like all the air was just let out of their balloon. They felt defeated. They did not want to pay association dues because they were like, why should I pay association dues when I don't see where my money is going? I don't see anything being done. Mm. There's nobody doing anything. There's nobody beautifying the entranceways. Our entranceways are falling down. Uh, the, the bushes are overgrown, and nobody are taking care of them. With the something, with an association, with things like that are going on, I think uh, people just lost hope. They didn't, they was looking for someone to believe in. And that's why I felt like it was very important to me to work as hard as I possibly can to get people to buy into what I was trying to do so that they would pay their association dues. Um, like I said, when I took over, there was zero dollars. So now I'm at the point to where we got over, I got to where there are over 50% of the people pay association dues what? now. So t- for me, that is definitely headed in the right direction.
0: Yeah, that's significant. I mean, those dues uh, represent buy-in, right? Like, they represent people that, that believe in, in the neighborhood as a whole. Yes. They believe in some leadership. In it, and it uh, sounds like that they're starting to maybe come around the table around some other vision. What, what type of other things um, is the neighborhood kind of dreaming about these days?
1: Well, there's a there's a lot of things. We Basically, right now, we just want Continental Park to be like all neighborhoods. Just because we don't have the dollar amount or anything like that that some of the other neighborhoods may have to be able to pay to get things done, I want people to know that we can have just as much as every other neighborhood. It may take us a little bit longer to get there, but eventually, we are gonna get there. And there's basically we're working on the beautification of the neighborhood now. We're wanting the streets repaved like everyone else. We're wanting our curbs redone like all the other neighborhoods. We don't want people to look at us and say, well, that's the Southeast end of town. Why should we put money into this end of town? I want them to look at Continental Park neighborhood and say, hmm that neighborhood you know really has great potential oh they're really taking care of their properties in continental park yeah maybe we should you know invest some money and fix the curbing and fix the streets and on the little things that everybody else gets
0: yeah jesse do you think do you think when you stepped into uh, to becoming neighborhood president you discovered that uh, the really the idea and what what neighbors wanted to see were these pillars. But say say in your own leadership that you identified some of their need that was you know general and public for everyone, like it wasn't necessarily specific. But say there was something else that was that you felt important. If you would have moved on a different idea instead of listening to and really responding to the to the neighbors' felt needs, do you think it would have had the same effect, or do you think that there's something in the idea that you moved uh, towards the direction of what the, the overall neighborhood concern was? Do you think there, was a, there would, would have been a different re-
1: reaction or response? I do. I believe that if I would not went in a direction that the people, I can't, it's not about me.
0: Yeah.
1: It's about the greater good of all. Mm. It's about the, the people, the, the body That is what it's all about. That is why we have the association meeting to vote on what needs to be done first. I don't want someone to think that everything is about Jesse and it's just Jesse's ideas and uh, oh, well, we talked about this and we talked about that and Jesse just went and did this. No, it's not about Jesse. It's about the greater good of all. It's about the greater good of everyone that live in Condonal Park. So they voted on this to have these pillars done and everybody was excited to get these pillars done because no one else done anything with them. And there there still was some people hesitant even with that happening because it they actually thought I tore the pillars down and nothing else was going to be built. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're you know, but uh it's not about me myself. It's about, like I say, it's about uh listening to the people and trying to to be able to accommodate the people to the best of your ability.
0: Yeah. What is the role? What is the role of trust uh, in a neighborhood? Like, what? How big does this, the idea of trust, play out in this whole kind of conversation about uh, responding to needs and building trust? And uh, how, I guess, how how, in, how important is trust
1: in creating a healthy neighborhood? That the trust is very, very, very important. And I reiterate that. That is very important. And when I first took over, and that's the thing that I wanted them to do, was trust me. Hmm. And I know it is so hard to trust when you have so many other along the way do absolutely nothing after they said the same words, trust me. We'll do this and we'll do that. So it was very important for me to be able to lead by example. You know what I mean? I, as sometimes in life we tell our kids, uh, do as I say, not as I do. Hmm. You know, but in the reality is we need to show our kids in the directions that we want them to go. And that's why it was so important for me to have the people trust in what I was doing. That is why the uh, treasury the accounts, the books, everything is an open book. I want them to know how much we have in the treasury. I want them to know what is, you know, to see what is being done and know where their dollar, I want them to see every, where every dollar is being spent. There is a record of that because I want them to know that I'm not there to get them to pay association dues and walk away with their money. I work for a living.
0: Yeah. Jesse, one of the misconceptions, you you mentioned that your neighborhood is kind of the southeast side of Fort Wayne, and the southeast side of Fort Wayne typically gets this kind of bad reputation of, or uh, the reputation that it's just a lower income neighborhood, there's lots of problems, there's lots of crime, there's a lot, there's a lot, has a reputation for a lot more going wrong with it than going right with it. some of the some of the ideas that the community has for solutions are very outside outside in that that in order for the the southeast side to redevelop they need some outside you know this grand outside voice or uh, position of power to come in and start fixing things what from your perspective as a neighbor who is seeing some fruit of Inside out investment. Can you like talk about like what's the experience like when you hear someone from the outside say, you know, this is the great solution for our general community, versus illustrating that often sometimes the solutions can can come from the inside out. Curious what you would you would share or respond to that.
1: Well, basically, first of all, I, w- I think everything starts at home is very important for the people that live in Continental Park neighborhood to believe in themselves and to take care of their own properties, first of all. And yes, a lot of people believe and a lot of times you hear a lot of different negative things that are said, heard through the news and, and that don't sound very good when it comes to the southeast end of town. Uh, you even got people with the mindsets that they need to move elsewhere because the crime and uh, the southeast end of town is not taken care of and more money are being invested in other areas of the city. But I believe that some things happens because, see, sometimes what people don't understand is when you open up your water bill, they got little whatever you want to call it flyers in there that says uh what streets need more attention Hmm. and i read this stuff and i that's the kind of stuff that i pay close attention to and i bring it back to associations and I says you know sometimes in life things don't happen because we don't make phone calls and we don't complain and we don't look in our water bills and fill these things out stating what needs more attention so basically, what we do is we look for someone to blame and we blame everybody else except ourselves. So basically, now since I took over as president, what I try to do is gather information and bring information back to the association meetings and uh, distribute it out where there's help, there's uh, help where people can actually get help fixing on their homes to keep their homes up to par that elderly people that are not able to do so. City has different programs to where they may invest in so many thousands of dollars for elderly people with a certain income bracket to, you know, to fix up their homes or whatnot. But there's a lot of people don't know about this help and they don't know about the resources that are out there. Mm -hmm. So as, I feel like my position is to gather resources and be able to take it back to the people so that they will have, because a lot of time knowledge is power. If you don't have knowledge of, what is going on around you? Then you are blind to a lot of things, and that is why I believe a lot of times when they when they the southeast end of town is going down because they won't fix the southeast end of town. But sometimes in life it takes us, the the, the uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Right. And if you never complained, yeah. then downtown, the city of Fort Wayne, going to think well sure. everything is fine in that neighborhood. They ain't mm-hmm. complaining. They ain't. You know, there's no complaints there. So you're the connector. You're trying to be the connector. Pretty much. Yeah. I try to keep everybody connected to what is going on. Just like, just to, even if it's just the little things, even when the fire departments are issuing, coming out to people's homes and installing fire. Um, fire alarms. Yeah. Yes, the alarms, the sensors, the I- yeah. O2, whatever you call it, the uh, sensors in people's homes. A lot of older people don't know this. And you know, and so we gather that type of information and we take it back and we let the people know because uh, those are things that they need to know. And a lot of older people sometimes, you know, they, there's a lot of things that they don't know. Sure.
0: Jesse, are you seeing in your neighborhoods uh, like a ripple effect like now over the last two years, you made some progress, you're making some improvements. Is that having an impact on how neighbors are, are investing or reinvesting into their own place? Like, is this having these actions and building trust having a ripple effect that
1: people are owning and acting on their own behalf? You, basically, you have some that will. Some are. And then you got some that just not going to do much of anything. Sure. And, I, and that's probably everywhere you go. Yeah. But for the most part, when they see someone that takes pride in their neighborhood and going through all the effort, I f- I'm finding right now the neighborhoods are looking a lot better, better taken care of. Than before, I even got more people taking mowing their lawns and calling lawn services to okay. take care of their lawns and coming to me, asking me, "Well, how did you do this? What you know? What do you do for this? And you know, some of the weeds or whatnot in their lawns, and I will give them a little bit of information, and whatnot, but." Uh, I, I believe in when they, when they find that they got someone that really cares about the neighborhood. And just to see me out there on the corners every day with no one else beside me helping, I think it goes a long ways to show the people that they have someone that care about their neighborhoods. And that's when people want to go that extra. They go that little extra inch or that extra mile to try to take better care of their property. And right now I have a, a very diverse community over where, I, where I'm at. And I, for, of every race, um, from Burmese to black and, and white, young, some younger, some, some are older. And I first, I've had a lot of complaints about, well, what are you gonna do about some of the Burmese are moving anywhere? I'm not gonna do anything about it. What I'm gonna do is actually encourage them, to basically reach out to them if they if this if this is a new custom to them, so reach out to them if they you feel like they're not mowing their lawn the right way. It is your job as a neighbor wow. to show them a better way, and that is what we've been trying to do. So right now, I'm so proud. Right now, with the the neighborhood that we have because the with every race with every with everybody in the community they are really working hard to do what needs to be done to make our neighborhood as nice as it possibly can well jesse thanks
0: for thanks for sharing your story thanks for taking initiative we see excuse me uh this idea that you know you were there you're participating and you were invited in and you had a decision to make am i going to respond and and participate and and take some ownership uh consistent with your values and your belief that uh being a good neighbor is taking ownership of myself and engaging relationally with my neighbors. So thanks for, thanks for doing that. Thanks for taking initiative and for your neighborhood and uh, for sharing your story here on on Neighboring. Hopefully uh, this story kind of inspires some others to, to maybe to take initiative or when somebody asks them to take some leadership that they'll respond and say yes and figure that out. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Neighboring. Uh, this episode with Jesse Jackson, the neighborhood president of Continental Park. Uh, we are encouraged about the ways that we see individuals like Jesse just responding to the needs and the demands of the organization and the the neighborhood, and uh, just trying to be be responsive to those needs. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Neighboring is presented by NeighborLink, a volunteer organization that connects vulnerable neighbors with neighbors looking to help. Neighboring is produced by Punch Films, a national full-service video production company, Based in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Creative direction by Lindy Bazil and Lindsay Ray Porter. Music is by Metavari off the recent album Symmetry. Be sure to visit neighboringpodcast.com to watch or listen to other episodes.